Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. The prophet Malachi, the fourth chapter of the fifth verse, he, by God, prophesies the coming of a pivotal pillar in the birth of the New Testament. Bible tells us that I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great dreadful day. The spirit there is to reconcile or turn the heart of the fathers to their children, the heart of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and smite the land with a curse. By Malachi, all through more than 460 years, there was nothing notable to be spoken of sadly or written concerning the faith. More than 460 years. There were prophets in that time, man like Simeon, Discover the Bible tells us God told him that he will not die until he sees the salvation of Israel. There were priests, there were ministers, but God did not deem it relevant to write something in that more than 400 period between the last prophecy of Malachi and the Gospels of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 1, a story is given of this man that Malachi prophesies about towards the end of all prophetic oracle like we know in the Old Testament. And God appears to a couple, a priest named Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth. She had no child. She was a barren woman. The angel of the Lord appears to her and tells her you're going to have a child. You shall be great in the sight of the Lord. You shall neither drink wine nor strong drink. God tells her. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. And from his mother's womb, he tells Zacharias as he had told Elizabeth that you're going to have a child one filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is the one which comes in the spirit of Elijah. The Bible tells us in verse 17, he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, which is Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Remember that? which was spoken of in Malachi, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, as was spoken of in Malachi. 
But I want you to look at this. In Malachi, he says, and the children to their what? Fathers. In Luke, he says, to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. You'll expect him to say, and to turn the hearts of their children to their fathers. No, comma. And the disobedient, he says, to the wisdom of the just. And he says, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So who does he turn to the wisdom? It is the disobedient, which are the children. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, God the Father is the Father from whom all fatherhood derives its name and carries its identity. And we are sons and daughters of the Most High. Now the Bible speaks of turning the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Allow me today to teach something concerning the wisdom of the just. This is something I've been speaking about in a few sermons, throwing a few lines here and there, and intimated a few concepts as was relevant in the sermons where I preached, whatever I preached. But I had never really gotten time to unpack all the moving parts of this wonderful uh, mystery called the wisdom of the just. To turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. The wisdom of the just. The wisdom of the just. In this God says, or means to say, that many of us here might have a sort of understanding, but not the full counsel or revelation of this powerful experience of this powerful sanctification of this powerful grace of this powerful encounter called the wisdom of the just the wisdom of the just what is the wisdom of the just in essence you must all agree that when he talks of the disobedient he's talking about all of us the Bible says all of us at once were enemies to the cross. We were enemies to God in our minds and in our hearts. Alienated from the life of God. We were strangers to the covenant. At one particular point before you got born again, Ephesians chapter 2, he says, you remember in the time past where as Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands. The Bible says, at that time you were without Christ. You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. There was a time before you received Jesus and perhaps anybody on this ground today who has not yet received the Lordship of Jesus, in a way you are an alien to the life of God. You're separated from the commonwealth of Israel. You are missing out from the covenants of promise. The hope you have is not alive because you're without God in this world. And I pray that by the end of this service, you will take his lordship in your heart. Somebody shout amen. So all of us were past like that. We were disobedient in our minds. We were rebellious. And so he says, I came for such disobedient ones 
such rebellious ones. And what I wanted to give them was the wisdom of the just. But to understand the depth of this, you need to understand the Greek language and the use of the word wisdom there. We have three words that I could use today to help us define what I intend to emphasize on. We all, for some of us, know already that the word for wisdom is Sophia. Sophia is the word wisdom. And wisdom, Sophia, is the mother of two wisdoms. One is Sunesis, the other is Phronesis. What is Sunesis? Sunesis is the critical faculty in the understanding of a man that helps them reconcile truth, that helps them connect dots, that helps them interpret divine oracles, not at the speed the normal human being is able to understand, but at the speed the Spirit of God is able to give you. Because the human mind thinks or works differently from a mind working under the Spirit of God. The Bible says that I serve the law of God with my mind. That is why you could have a vision in a dream and that vision takes place in about five seconds. But in trying to narrate it, you find yourself speaking about it for 20 or 30 minutes. Yet that vision in your mind was five seconds. But when you wanted to put language, speech to this, you could not articulate it in the seconds by which your mind received it in the vision. Your spirit received it in the vision. Soonness is that critical faculty that alerts your spirit to connect to the will and purpose of God when you need to connect to the will and purpose of God. It alerts you. It awakens you. If you like, it switches you on to know what to do and how to do it. Somebody shout amen. And then we have phronesis. Phronesis is the wisdom that allows your mind to define the action, the intervention, the application in whatever circumstance you're going through. It's the wisdom that tells you what to do. Phronesis is practical wisdom. Soonesis is interpreting. Phronesis is the practical version of wisdom. It's the practicality of things. To think and interpret a thing right does not mean that you know how to execute it. Joseph, at the dream of Pharaoh, by soonesis, knew what Pharaoh dreamt and its meaning. But it's one thing for him to know the meaning and it's another for him to have the wisdom to help Pharaoh interpret by investing uh, for a harvest in the times of plenty and storing up food enough for the time when the famine comes. And Pharaoh tells Joseph, 
that I choose you to take this responsibility because I see no man discreet wise and with the spirit of God enough to execute. Remember Joseph had told him, get a wise man. Get a discreet woman. Get a man in whom the spirit of God is and set him over this to execute what I have just interpreted. What Shunesis had given you, get a man with Phronesis to execute. And Pharaoh tells him, I know no man. There is no man in whom I see the Spirit of God. So he tells Joseph, take over this responsibility. How do we know that he took the Spirit of God to walk through Joseph? Because Scripture tells us when famine hit, it did not hit Egypt. It hit the whole world. It was only in the fronts is working in the mind of Joseph. The practical wisdom working in the mind of Joseph to know that if we are growing as Egypt, we're not growing for Egypt, we're growing for the world. And the story goes that at the end of that famine, Egypt was one, if not the richest nation on the earth because they sold food. Men had money, but they did not have food. Nowhere else was any prophet warned of the coming famine except the man on whom the Spirit of the Lord was in the prison. That is the man that God used to make Egypt wealthy. I learned by Joseph that God can use one man to make a nation wealthy. One like this. One. He can get a brain among the millions and just say with this one, I can take this nation from the third world to the first world. It's possible. Tell your neighbor it is possible. So you see the difference? Soonesses, critical faculty. Phronesis, practicality. Intervention. How do I apply what I have understood by soonesses? Now, back to Luke 1.17. He shall come before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the phronesis of the just. To the practical wisdom of the just. To the wisdom that knows what to do of the just. So it's telling us that there are people when they are in trouble, they find answer. They just know what to do. And they do exactly what must be done. And there are people in the world who when they go through trouble, they don't know what to do. They're stuck. They're stuck. They just look or sit passively and wait for circumstances to hit them. And they're victims. They have no control over it. The doctor says she's suffering from this. Well, the Lord's will. Let's go. The fire, it's the Lord's will. Let's go. The chest out of the house, yeah, it's the Lord's will. Let's go. She sent divorce papers. Okay, if she wants a divorce, I'll give it to her. You're just a victim of circumstance. You accept everything as it comes. It's the will of the Lord, they say. And many say that so ignorantly. Because the Bible says, 
God has made known unto us the mystery of his will. There is a secret in decrypting, in demystifying this thing called God's will. There's wisdom in interpreting the will of God. So when the Bible says, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, and the Bible says, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. So he just purposed in himself and it pleased him to make sure that you know the secret, the mystery of what he wills and how he wills. So when you get in a circumstance, you don't need to say, God, what is your will? You know. You know. You know. You know. That's the essence of the anointing. It's the essence of the unction. He says, you have an unction from on high. You know all things. But I don't know all things. But he said, you know all things. So let God be true and every man a what? A liar. This is not a realm you can plug through by process. It's a realm you will plug through by faith. The moment you're able to apply yourself to faith. Now, faith. The moment you are able to build that faith to believe that you know there is something that stirs and activates your spirit into that depth. The bottomless things, Corinthians calls them, of God. You must believe that you know. Believe it first before your mind can relate. Believe it first that you have an unction from on high. It's like healing. You have to first believe first that you're healed and then the process of healing takes place in your body. So it is with this. The Bible says you have an unction from the Holy One. You know all things. There is no possibility of you studying everything in the world to know it in one lifetime. It's not possible. It would only take the faith of God to give you that understanding and elevate you into revelational insight. To see things as you ought. To see things as you ought. The, what we call vantage points of vision. When Balaam is taken by Balak place to place, he's saying, look at Israel from this point and you cast them from here. No. He moves him to another point. Can you cast them from here? No. He moves him to another point and you cast them from here. No. Why? Because Balak understood ancient wisdom that decisions in the spirit can be made depending on the vantage point from where you see things by God and by a man who is spiritual. Luke saw Jesus differently from Mark. Mark saw Jesus differently from Matthew. Matthew saw Jesus differently from John and they all saw the Lord. Somebody shout amen. Moses, by vision, saw the temple. And God tells him, build it according to the pattern that I've showed you at the mountain. He did see. John the Revelator goes in the same place, but the vantage point from where he saw the temple, the Bible says in Revelation 21, 22, he saw no temple. And two men could disagree and say, no, are you, you saw a temple. I saw a temple. Now I don't say, no, there was no temple. No, no, no. 
There was a temple. No, 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 there was no temple. But it says, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple thereof. That means God removed the skin that Moses saw for John, and John saw plainly that this temple Moses saw was really the Lord God and the Lamb thereof. So, it's not necessarily that where you see things from is where really everything is. You could see from a lower realm. You could see things from a lower dimension of thought and interpretation. But I make you right. No, that's just God ministering to you from where you are. Because it's a merciful God. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'll give an example. When we talk about depth, how deep have you gone in God? And how is that weight? Because there is a weight spiritually. There is a weight spiritually. There is a weight. How high have you ascended? Spiritually. How open are your eyes to the world around you? What do you mean? Because not everything your physical eye sees is all there is. Hagar, on the onset of separation from Abraham, Bible says she gets into a dry place and she's out of water. And the Bible tells us she puts her son afar, not wanting to see him die. And then she wept. And the angel of the Lord comes to Hagar and tells her, God has heard the voice of the Lord. And the Bible says he called her out of heaven and said, What waileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the Lord. And listen, next verse 18. He says, Arise, lift up the Lord, and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great word, nation. What does the next line say? And God opened her eyes to see a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the Lord to drink. The Bible doesn't say God created a well. The Bible says God opened her eyes and she saw a well. That means there was a possibility of a woman dying with her child when there was a well near, but her eyes were blind to that well. Sometimes it's not the things God will create out of thin air. Sometimes it's the things you're not able to see because you carry no vantage point of sight of the things around you. There's a person, they're saying, God, my husband, this two, three seats away. Wait! Somebody is saying, I've been looking for a job. I'm tired of applying. But the person who is looking for your talent is two, three sayers away. 
You're going on a prayer mountain, which is further than your miracle. Glory to God. Do you know how many portents you bypass every day? Do you know how many people can interpret your dream? One time I was flying to the US to preach the gospel. And lo and behold, I enter the restroom. When I enter the restroom, I see one of the most famous American actors here like this. I say, Maro Bradega Zo. Kuze Bradega Londego Sita. You mean God? Makira go brindegele so talayeda go. In the sense, this guy people would die for, they would kill for, they, they would take pictures, paparazzi would faint. And he, <laughs> oh, and trust me, because I'm a child of God, I just. I'm the famous one. Come on, somebody. The Bible says you're the light of the world, the city set on a hill. Oh my God, I didn't faint. No, I was like, this was, hey man. I said, hey. He greeted me first. I said, hey man. I said, hey. But some of you, oh, oh my God. No, no, no. It's not pride. It's not pride. King shall come rising. Because you are favored and great. You see, they shall come to your rising. Gentiles shall come to your light. Strangers will serve you. So, he, in actual sense, he met me. You're a written epistle known and read by all men. Back to what I was trying to tell us. So you could miss what's near you. Many of your answers are not far. When I learned the secret of that experience, I'll teach about it the word. So much clarity came to me. And I would think, hmm, I want to connect to this person. And the person who knows them will come the next day and bring a conversation of the person I want to see. Oh, God will bring them in my surroundings to see you. So when the Bible says you will see your teaching, when a man has not learned to see right what's around him, they cannot find their teaching. They cannot find their teaching. They cannot find their teaching. I rest tell you, your master's appeal when you're ready. There's a preparation that God will take you through. It's a journey you'll have to go alone. You can't carry any man. Praise the Lord. Back to what I was trying to tell us here. When the Bible speaks of the phronesis of the just, 
the practical wisdom, determining the mode of action because you have seen the end in sight. Pronesis. A man is blind and Jesus walks to him. He could simply lay hands, but he chose to spit on the ground and make something out of his spitting. The Bible tells us he puts it on the man's eyes. Now many people just see him spitting on the ground, make something out of that, and then puts it on the man's eyes. When you read the Bible, the Bible says anointed the eyes of the blind. There's a difference. Froness is here, was not just putting spittle and dust on the man's eyes. He anointed the man's eyes. He chose to anoint with the ground. This You understand what I'm saying? The man said. You could have done it anyway. But Phronesis is the true and full experience of the liberties that we have in God manifest His glory. Phronesis is the liberty. It liberates your spirit to know that I don't need to do it the way I saw another man do it. I can choose to do it any way I feel by this liberty I want to do. I can demonstrate power in a way that some of you will even doubt me. Not because I'm wrong, but because I know that I'm free to do it. I don't need to do so much because I have tested that liberty. I can impart something on a person by simply looking at them. I can impart something on somebody by pointing at them. I can impart something on somebody by even thinking of them in my mind. Are you following what I'm saying? I can pass power on somebody by just mentioning that there's many ways this liberty can and will perform. That is why if you've been around me healing the sick, I'm one of the most effortless ministers when it comes to healing the sick. I say, blind eyes are opening in Jesus' name. If you have a swelling, touch where it is, it has gone. That's for nurses. Because there's another way I could have done it. And by the time I'm out, I'm sweating. But if because I carry the liberty to do that, I can still do it in the simplicity, yet with the power. So it is with many things. There are many things I, by the grace of God, am able to control. Practically. Without so much effort. Since I discovered this. When you learn this, you will move many things with your spirit. You command many things with your spirit. You'll sit in seconds and change the hearts of people because you are aligned to truth and God's will and purpose. This is not something that is an occasion of the flesh. 
not something that you do to show off. It's not something you do because you know that you have it. It's something that needs a lot and requires a lot of discipline spiritually because you are as free as you are bound by God. You are as free as you are bound by God. It's an apprehension. Paul says, not that I've attained, but I seek that I may apprehend or catch that which you have apprehended me for. Paul is not preaching the gospel out of a wishful thinking. He said, necessity is laid upon me. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. It's some sort of thing that arrested him. He's a man without choice when it comes to preaching. Yet, he's free. So God has to get you first and bind you to himself before that liberty is demonstrated because it is dangerous to have it finally. You can destroy so much. You've understood it, amen. Now let's go back to what I was trying to tell us here. Let's first understand this thing called just. I'll come back to Thronesis. Wisdom of the just. Just. When you became born again, something remarkable happened to you. But I think many people understand here, but not many of us have conceived the experience here. It's one thing for your mind to know something. It's another thing for you to carry the full experience, the full counsel of that reality. When you became born again, you were justified by God through faith. You were made the righteousness of God through faith. Romans says, being justified freely. In fact, earlier it says that now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ, upon all and to all that believe, upon all and to all that believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Justified freely. So it means when you became born again, you are not righteous because of what you did, what you have done and what you're going to do tomorrow. You are righteous because you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ who became the propitiation. The word propitiation there is perfect sacrifice for your sins. There is no other that will come for sacrifice. Only Jesus is the perfect one. And when he was sacrificed for your sins, when he was crucified for your sins, God declared you righteous. There is so much power in knowing that you are justified. Righteousness is the rightness of God. It's what makes you right in every circumstance. 
Now you have no fear that, oh, if I go to God, he might smite me. No, the Bible says, come boldly. Come boldly to the throne of what? Grace, that you might obtain what? Mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Romans 8 tells you, for now there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the life-giving spirit in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. When you go to God, you don't worry and say, oh, God is going to kill me. Oh, I messed up. No, no, no. You come as you are because now he sees you through the eyes of Jesus Christ as the justified one. That is why when Paul is writing, he writes to them as saints, to the saints in Ephesus. What have they done? Not according to works, but according to him that justifies the ungodly, the Bible says. Somebody say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it again. In Christ Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus has been made our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification and redemption. 1 Corinthians 1.30, he says, but of him, of God, are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So you're redeemed, you're sanctified, you're righteous, you're wise. Somebody say amen. It's important to know this because you will make a mistake and the devil will put you in the bed and tell you, you, eh? you deserve death. Eh? You don't even deserve to cross that road. Eh? A car will kill you. With this thing you've done, eh? you'll choke at night because Satan has ways of putting guilt on you. Guilt on you. When Jesus came, he took away our guilt. He left us with a conviction because we need to live right. But he took away guilt because he did not come to condemn us. I stay convicted if I make a mistake to live right. But I don't carry that guilt because it has been taken away by the righteousness imputed unto me through faith. He carried our guilt. Isaiah 55. He was wounded for a transgression. He was bruised for iniquities. Give me the amplified version of that. He says he was bruised for our word. Read. Come on. But he was wounded for our word. And was bruised for our word. What was he bruised for? What was he bruised for? Your guilt and what? And iniquity. So do you carry guilt anymore? No, because he was bruised for it. So if you continue carrying guilt, especially you people who don't forgive your past, you messed up in 1992, you still look back, oh, I wish, oh, I wish, oh, I wish, oh, you made the mistake, move on. Move on. I look at continua. Somebody shout hallelujah. He was bruised for your guilt. 
He knew guilt will kill you. And he said, no. Add. Samantha's guilt. Samantha's guilt. Some people say, but if you tell people that they don't have guilt, they're going to continue sinning. Oh, so what do you want me to do? Stop preaching the truth? Let me teach them the truth. God will fix that. It's not my business to change men. No, 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 no. I do the preaching, it does the transformation. Shout amen. Do you know how many people, I'll give you an example. I have a very long record of women conceiving. This barren one. Ah, yeah. 52 years. Her periods had stopped coming. She came to Fanero. Four months, periods came. I gave a word of knowledge. Now she's... 52. You're saying I'm 60. Fire! <laughs> With God, all things are possible. Even if you're 70 and you say, I feel like a post I want to carry. Just raise your hand and say, I take it. You'll see. But this is what I've learned. Almost more than 70% of the women I have prayed for, with whom God has given me a history, especially when he opens my eyes to see the cause of what shut their womb or what kills life in their womb. Many of them, 70% of many I minister to, are connected to guilt of the past mistake. When I tell them, forgive yourself, and I minister to them, they confess. The one of 52 was 15 years of marriage. I'm not saying her story is the same, but I just remember to tell you, 15 years of not bearing children. You understand? But many of them who I minister to, I find that there's this thing that holds them from a mistake they did. And they never moved on. Some, even in conception, start to meditate the kind of children they will have. I think I'll give birth to a child like this. I think I'll give birth to a child at least because of my past mistakes. And they do because they open the door. They open the door. They don't know that there are people who have done worse than they have and they still had good blessings. Every time we preach this, a certain spirit comes up to say, we are telling people to sin. I cast that spirit. Bible says, if any man should preach any other gospel than what we've preached, let them be accursed. If you're the kind who thinks that we tell people to sin, you are cursed. It's Paul's teaching, not me. He says, though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel that we have not preached unto you. Are you following what I'm saying? Grace does not teach a man to sin. Grace is the redemptive power that teaches us to deny ungodliness and live soberly in this world. Somebody shout hallelujah. Soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That one I've settled in. 
You have been justified through faith. And that righteousness came with a certain wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs 2 verses 7, He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. The moment you become the righteousness of God, He sounded wisdom in your spirit. It didn't come as a voice, it came as a sound. Oh, did somebody get me? That's why in the New Testament you hear trumpets sounding and, and pipes piping. So the Bible says, but if you know not the meaning of the voice. So, he sent a sound of wisdom in your spirit. Anybody who doesn't appreciate, embrace, understand the righteousness of God through faith does not carry a certain wisdom with God, especially for nurses. People who don't understand righteousness by faith don't know what to do when they're in trouble. That is why people under the law struggle most. The Bible says, for the law produces priests with infirmity. It produces priests with weakness. The law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of earth which was since the law, maketh the son, which is consecrated forever. That word, what does that mean? It means when you teach under the law, you'll always show weakness. The Lord has been witness with you. If you're past and you're under the law, your church is in trouble. You're in trouble. It will be a weak ministry because the high priest will come with infirmity. Infirmity there means weakness, sickness, spiritual. The moment you say, I am the righteousness of God, you embrace a certain wisdom. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. When you understand that you are the righteousness of God, you start working in phronesis. You know what to do when you're in trouble. If you're the kind who of doesn't know yet, the problem is not you not knowing. The problem is in you not understanding the primal doctrine and embracing the divine grace of righteousness through faith. Was understood. So sometimes, somebody says, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. No, you're not stuck. You missed the stage. The Bible says there are people which have unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness. For they which take milk are still what? Babes. They are still babes. Hebrews 5.13 For everyone that continues, give me the Amplified Version, for everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously what? Inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought, action. Did you see that? In conformity, listen, to the divine will in what? Purpose, uh-huh. Thought, which is soonesis, and action, which is fronesis. And the Bible says, for he is a mere infant, not able to talk yet. 
What does that mean? Spiritually, even though physically you have good words, spiritually you have no power. Even though physically you have those strong semantics that you borrowed from a person who knows how to pray. You know, if you are raised, for example, from a praying family or probably you follow those YouTube praying people, you learn a language of people who pray. And then they hear you praying and they say, but this sister can pray. But she can't even parent. She has no answer to her rent problem. But when she starts praying, oh my God, the, the semantics, the idiosyncrasies, the nuances, come on now. The spiritual vocabulary. She drops things and you're like, eh. God, you've had this prayer. No. Your master just went to a child instead of speaking vocabulary. He told her, little girl, rise. Because it was important for her to rise than demystify what? Vocabulary. There is only a place for vocabulary if you can open a blind eye and a deaf ear. But if a deaf ear can't hear you, keep your semantics. God is looking for somebody who will walk to a blind man and tell them, see! And the eye will open. Why? Because they are able to talk. When you understand righteousness imputed through faith, you get a language, you get a certain authority. Your prayers come with a weight. Every word you speak is heavy. It envelops someone. It clothes them like a cloak. It mantles them. It stars them. It awakens them. Why? Because you speak in understanding. You minister in understanding. Whether you're a pastor, whether you're a business person, whether you're working in the government, whether you're working in whatever institution you are, wherever you are, your words will be weighty. They'll be heavy. Why? Because that wisdom comes with great power and authority. If you look at a man like Nelson Mandela, what do you remember him saying? How many words do you think he had? And every word came with weight. Every word came with weight. Because God put something special in his life. He was not a mighty poet. And every word came, even if he spoke it simply, it caused your mind to think. Sela, ponder, contemplate deeper than what has been spoken because it comes with more weight than the words that have been spoken. That's why in the Bible you have Selah. Ponder through. Think what is not spoken. Because that's the weight of divine thought. Now, you look at a portion of scripture, for example, let me give you a fact in Isaiah. You read this famous scripture. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Not everybody who speaks that portion of scripture can receive the grace and power it should come with it. Because it has a condition. The Bible says, No weapon formed against thee, read, shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt what? Condemn. The power to refuse anything to destroy you and to condemn every tongue that rises against you comes from a heritage as a servant of the Lord whose righteousness is of God. So, 
if you have not yet understood the righteousness of God through faith, you cannot apply Isaiah 54 verse 17 on your prayer. Or if you do, it will not work because you're not speaking in the wisdom of the just. It's only the just who can have wisdom or who can apply wisdom in Isaiah 54 verse 17. If you don't understand justification through faith, you can't speak Isaiah 54 right in the spirit. Who has understood what I just said? If you don't understand that I'm the righteousness of God, Isaiah 54 verse 17 cannot come out right. In fact, if you're under the law and you read Isaiah 54, you'll sound like this. That's how you sound. Unable to talk yet. Or even worse. But, but they're seeing you do like this. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> then you go for counseling. Pastor, I pray. <laughs> but when a man knows that the righteousness of God is upon them, they are justified through faith. When they say no weapon, they literally mean no weapon. The devil hears them say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And they can condemn any tongue that rises against them by a simple statement. Why? Because they have understood the righteousness of God. Wisdom, the just. They know practically what to do. They know practically what to do. It gives you a certain mindset. You set your mind right because you're just. The Bible says the path of the just. Say the wisdom of God. The path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto a perfect day. I love how the message version says it. It says the ways of the righteous or the right living people glow with light. Oh, 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 If you embrace righteousness, the righteousness of God, the Bible says your way will glow with light. And the Bible says the longer you will live, the brighter you will shine. So somebody asked me, eh, but Fanera is growing every day. And it will continue. Why? Because it's the path of the just. No cheap talk, no dream can kill Fanero. Nothing. 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 Don't be mistaken. Don't be mistaken. Don't be mistaken. Nothing. Nothing. I am the righteousness of God through Christ. I am the righteousness of God through Christ. I'm justified through faith. I have a right standing with God. I have a perfect plea. Are you following what I'm saying? The wisdom of the just, it sets your mind to know that tomorrow morning is better already. 
you might not have rent, you might not have a car, you might not have fees, you, you, you might not yet be married yet, you might have not yet seen your miracle, but the wisdom of the just will cause you to embrace tomorrow morning. My friend sang, new miracles every day. New testimonies everywhere. Uh huh. I know Jesus is taking care of me. That's a righteous man singing. Jesus is taking care of me. Oh, Jesus is watching after me. Jesus is taking care of me. I'm shining because He's taking care of me. That's the wisdom of the just. Tomorrow morning is going to be bright. Next year is going to be bright. 2024 is going to be bright. 2025 is going to be brighter. 2026 is going to be brighter. This is the wisdom of the just. Now I don't care whether you have a generational curse of your grandmother's auntie. I don't care who bewitched you last Tuesday. I don't care who wrote a newspaper article. This is the truth. Wisdom of the just. Yes, things might come and shake you a bit. But you are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. This is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. What are they prepared? For God to do his best in them, through them. Who has understood what I'm just saying? Who understands what I'm trying to give you today? Because you are the righteousness of God. The Bible says that the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. That means because you are the righteousness of God through faith, you cannot be seen. for you some portion of scripture my God my God my God Romans chapter 8 now we're talking about sickness right let's just talk about sickness or weakness any weakness verses 10 Romans 8 10 if Christ be in you the body is dead because of sin but oh, the spirit is life because of what if Christ is in you you could have diabetes because of sin but the spirit is life because of righteousness you could have HIV because of sin you could have cancer because you are in a kernel flesh body but it says but the spirit is life because of righteousness but if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead now resides in the inside of you he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit of life which is with life because of righteousness. Hallelujah, glory to God. Verses 12, therefore, you're not a debtor to the flesh. You know what that means? It means even if your body feels the swelling, you don't have a debt with it to respond to the swelling. You can ignore it and say, I refuse because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Sit in a banja. I don't have a debt with the flesh. Your eyes might not see right, but you don't have a debt 
with blindness. <laughs> Isaiah 58 verses 8. Thy light shall break forth as the what? Morning. Listen. Thy light shall break forth as the what? Morning. Why? Because you're in the path of the just. And your health shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall what? Hey, <laughs> laugh at the devil. Tell anybody can die early. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you see why you must be healthy? Because you are the righteousness of God. Hebrews 10 38. The now the just shall live by. Now, if you study the literal translation, that portion of scripture that does not say now the just shall live by. Study the literal translation. It actually translates as those justified by faith shall live. Study the literal translation. It's those which are justified by faith, they shall live. That means everything they do will be alive. It's the working of faith in this instance is secondary to firstly receiving righteousness through faith. Then the life begins. The Bible says, For if any man draw back, my soul shall not have pleasure in them. Verses 39. Because you're the righteousness of God, we are not of them who draw back to perdition, but we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We Stick on it until the answer comes. Why? Because in every circumstance, we know we are right. I know I'm right to say that I was healed by his stripes. I know I'm right to say that it became poor, that I might become rich, that through his poverty it might be down to my wealth. I know I'm right to claim my victory. I know I'm right. Thanks be to God, which always causes us always, 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 always. Why? Because we are his righteousness. There's going to be an always causes us to triumph and makes manifest the servant of his knowledge by us in every place. Why? Because you are the righteousness of God. So if you say, I am healed, God says, you're right by Christ. Wisdom of the just. If you say, I am sick, then you lack the wisdom of the just. Men which are righteous by faith can't say, I am sick. It can't be in the same sentence. I have failed. This marriage is normal. My child is stupid. You can't say that. The wisdom of the just cannot allow you to say it because the communication of your faith is effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Oh, give the Lord a mighty anchor of praise. Shout hallelujah. Everything you speak, the angels are singing. 
everything you speak because you're the righteousness. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout amen. You're right. You're right. There's a portion of scripture that says that he fills the mouth the righteous He fills the mouth of the righteous When you become the righteous of God, you don't just speak. Those conversations of I'm broke. Psalms 37 verses 30. Let's read. One to let's go. The mouth of the righteous this tongue took it but they have to be righteous first. because if they don't embrace it they can't speak wisdom they fill their mouth with wisdom because they are righteous they are righteous so the wisdom of the just for example when you read a portion of scripture like and you are completing him, which is the head of all principality. Do you know how deep scripture is? Wisdom of the just. Let's first look at it from the wisdom of the just. Ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality. Do you know what it means when the Bible says, ye are complete in him? Let me explain this. Can you have a liver which is not working when you are complete in him? That completeness completes your liver too. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Can you have a mind that is not working when you are complete in you? Wisdom of the righteous. You say, because I'm complete in you, there's nothing in my body not working right. I can't have diabetes. You say it. I can't be hypertensive. I can't be crippled. I can't have arthritis. That's the wisdom of the just. Because if you don't walk in that wisdom, you are automatically in disobedience. Disobedient to the wisdom of the just. Because you're the righteousness of God, you learn to speak the wisdom. I can't be broke. Eh, look at this one, boasting. No, I'm not boasting. I'm not boasting. It's the wisdom of the just. No, no, you're boasting. No, I'm not boasting. It's the wisdom of the just. I can't be poor. I can't be sick. I don't fall sick. Hey, I'm a success. I am wise. I'm strong. I'm more than a conqueror. By Christ who strengthens me. My marriage is working. My children are prosperous. They're progressing. They can't fail. No funeral member can fail. Wisdom of the just. I'm a success. I'm progressing. I'm increasing in strength every other day. Glory to God. The glory of God is upon me. His countenance shines on me. Ay, 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 ay. Wisdom of the just. The mouth starts to speak only. Because if you want to understand what I just said, understand this. When you become the righteousness of God, everything you speak, you're right. So if you say, aha, me men have refused, you're right. When you understand the wisdom of the just, you can't even go to a pastor with a prayer request to get married. You can't. 
Because it means you've conceived it in your head that you've failed to. Which is not the wisdom of the just. You'll go to a pastor and say, thank God for me for my marriage. You'll not go to a pastor and say, I am sick in my stomach, pray for me. That's not the wisdom of the just. You'll go to a pastor and say, man of God, thank God for me because of my health. Wisdom of the just. Thank God for me for my promotion, even when they've not promoted you. Thank God for my new job when they fired you yesterday. That's the wisdom of the just. Hey, hey. Raise your hands and thank God. Before the throne of Carterburn, I have a stronger, perfectly, a great high priest whose name is love. Whoever lives and gives for me, whoever lives and gives for me, my name is graven on his hands, my name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can be. No tongue can be me as deeper When Satan tempts me to despair And tells me of the guilt within Of what I look and see him
say give the Lord a man of praise come on celebrate Jesus in the wisdom of the just ten more seconds receive Jesus <laughs> what are you waiting for today you say I want Jesus in my heart as my Lord and Savior today is the perfect moment repeat these words after me say Father God I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory today I have decided in my heart as one who believes that you died for my sins, that I would be free and live eternally. Today, I confess your Lordship over my life. I am born again. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.